You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 11 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the author of the bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, doing well, thanks. Yourself? Not bad. Not bad. I didn't watch any football this weekend, I have to say. I was taken to Cribs Causeway oh. by my wife and my on, children. On Saturday afternoon? Where I parted with a large amount of money in Build-A-Bear Workshop. That, that sounds about right, yeah. 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 So um, these are the interesting times in which we live, aren't they? The, the, mm. the, the, the plethora of different <laughs> recreational activities that are available to us now. You know, in what I'm going to call the 24-hour on-demand culture. Oh, and uh, we hear a lot on the podcast from managers who talk about um, challenges with player availability. Now, of course, we always like the slightly more colourful ideas that um, I think this season already we had a, we've had a stag do in Las Vegas. Now, frankly, if you're not going to be playing football on a Saturday afternoon, um, then a stag do in Las Vegas, I think, is a pretty good excuse. But uh, Sounds like a good idea to me, yeah. Because you'd foolishly committed to go on some sort of outlandishly expensive shopping exercise in a <laughs> in a huge out-of-town shopping mall doesn't really seem like um doesn't have the same gravitas does it really but anyway that was how i spent my saturday afternoon that's my thought for the day um on this week's podcast we hear from andy gurney the roman glass and george manager and chris wise uh, the manager of Wincanton town uh and of course we will be looking predominantly at the fixtures on saturday the 19th of october but we can't look at the weekend that's just gone without paying um, due homage to the matches that happened in the week. In particular, we had two FA Vars ties. Um, these were games, I think, that couldn't go ahead um, the previous uh, weekend. So um, two more sides uh, in action in the week. And Bitten, well, they were at home to Tadley Kaliva, if that's indeed how you pronounce it. And, um, and they were through in emphatic uh, form, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Completely dominated this one. Uh, three goals in either half for Bitten. Uh, a 6-1 victory. Uh, a pretty good crowd for a, a Tuesday evening. And, uh, yeah, so six different goal scorers as well. So, uh, yeah, quite a night uh, for, for Bitten. Uh, Scott Bryce, Asa Corrick, Matt Groves, Harrison Kite, Karim Rendell and Matt Tanner all getting on the score sheet. So, uh, yeah, Bitten through to, through to the second round. Well, they will play again at home to Fairford Town. So Bitten going very well in the Vars and hope, I'm sure hoping for a good run in that competition. Um, Wednesday, the 16th of October and Plymouth Parkway, they made the trip into Hampshire to take on Romsey Town. Um, no mean feat in the midweek from Plymouth, I'm sure, but I'm sure that the away fans went home happy. Yeah, pretty long, long trip for a Wednesday evening, but uh, a productive one. Uh, a 3-1 win, uh, as you say, away at Romsey. And uh, Adam Carter, obviously, uh, amongst the goals uh, in the league uh, so far this season. And he scored twice for them uh, in, in the Vars. So uh, a 3-1 win. And uh, they also, yeah, as you say, joined Bitten in the, in the second round. Yes, where they, obviously, having enjoyed their trip to Hampshire so much, they decided to go back there again. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll take on Brockenhurst. They travel to Brockenhurst in the next round um, of that com- competition. I'm sure for all the Parkway fans, they dearly hope that they're not going to have to make that trip uh, midweek again. Anyway, we did have two fixtures on Wednesday in the Premier Division. We don't normally dwell too much on these on the podcast, but when I tell you that in those two games, 12 goals were scored, 
I think it is worth pointing out um, Bradford Town beating Brislington 6-1 on Wednesday in front of a very healthy crowd of 113. And Exmouth Town, they took on Street and uh, really put the uh, Somerset side to the sword. And um, 5-0, Exmouth won that game and uh, 161 saw that. Uh, but we had a bit of Friday night football. We do like a bit of Friday night football, Tom, and um, perhaps not the healthiest crowd, but certainly a, a healthy scoreline, particularly for the home side. Yeah, I think Wales like a bit of Friday night football. That was a, a good win for them, 4-1 uh, over Oldland. Uh, Oldland have been one of the... the they were the side that... Um, yeah, they've been up around the, around the top. They've played quite a few games, but uh, they've been really tough to tough to break down. I think they had one of the, the better... Well, yeah, sort of, sort of two or three... Uh, defence coming into into this game, but Wales uh, a 4-1 win uh, for them. So now back-to-back 4-1 victories over Oldland already completed the league double over them this season. So uh, yeah, good start, good start for Wales. Uh, Kieran Davis uh, putting them ahead inside three minutes. Oldland hit back uh, with Scott Robson managing to just squeeze his penalty home, uh, but then it was uh, yeah all Wales. They pushed on, uh, gained the 4-1 win. Dale Hunt uh, restoring their advantage uh, before Harry Foster, their leading scorer this season, made it 3-1. Uh, and it was then Tom Hill, uh, he, he scored after half-time uh, to make it 4-1. Moving on to Saturday the 19th of October and the Premier Division kicks us off with an absolute thriller. Um, two top-of-the-table sides going at each other in front of the biggest crowd of the weekend. 256 people saw Bridgewater take on Bitten. They did, and yeah, what a game, what a game. Uh, Bridgewater... Made an absolutely brilliant start uh, to the game. Uh, Harry Horton smashing the head in, in the sixth minute. Uh, and then Steve Murray doubling their tally uh, ten minutes later, putting them two goals ahead. And, yeah, looking pretty good for, for three points, of course. But Bitten had other ideas. Um, halving the deficit, thanks to a goal from Asa Corrick, obviously scored in the Vars uh, during the week, as we just mentioned. Uh, and then Karen Brendel, another man who'd uh, also, yeah, among the goals recently, uh, managed to grab an equaliser five minutes before before half time. So it was two all at the break. And it was then Bitten who managed to push on, uh, completing a, a pretty pretty memorable comeback, I would have thought. Uh, Matt Groves, uh, 12 minutes from time, uh, firing home. And, uh, yeah, Bitten of 3-2 victors away at Bridgewater. Now, our next time is a classic Western League Premier Division tie. Um, Cribs were at home to Bradford. Town and we had Bradford of course on the podcast last week they're going like an absolute steam train up in second um, doing really really well this season Cribs you know by their usual standards and and, and, a mid-table season so far so on form at least there was only ever going to be one winner Tom yeah absolutely but uh, Cribs had other ideas and uh, managed to managed to gain a point uh, take a point from from Bradford Uh, I think the Bobcats had a five game winning run coming into this one uh, but they did fall behind. Uh, George Kello putting Cribs ahead uh, pretty early on. I think he got a hatchet recently, so he's yeah he's banging form. Uh, but then Bradford managed to to, to move ahead. Uh, a goal from Tyson Pollard via uh, a free kick, uh, managing to get them on level terms uh, before Gary Higdon, uh, their top scorer so far this season, uh, extended his uh, yeah pretty pretty healthy record in front of goal uh, over recent times to to make it 2-1. And, uh, yeah, that was how it stayed for, for much of the contest going into the, the final couple of moments. Uh, but Jacob Hodgson managed to, to, to strike an injury time and grab a share of the spoils. So uh, a well-earned point for Cribs and it uh, finished two all between them and Bradford. Well, if there was only going to be one winner between our last two sides, then surely 
we could say exactly the same thing about our next fixture. Newly promoted Kenjim Town. They've had a couple of good results um, without question um, this season, but they are adjusting to life at the higher level. They're coming up against Exmouth Town. Now, Exmouth, of course, have already featured in the podcast this week. They, uh, they, they put street to the sword, 5-0 on Wednesday. Um, but the fast turnaround doesn't seem to have done them many favours. 163 saw this at Kenjim and a very impressive result for the North East Somerset side. Um, amazing. Uh, I think I picked this as my game to watch uh, last week. I think I noted that Kainshin were, were scoring a fair few, but their defence had yeah, very much let them down recently. Uh, so uh, to get a 1-0 win uh, home to Exmouth uh, on Saturday afternoon, big crowd, as you say, was uh, yeah massive result for, for the club. Uh, it was Ben Harris uh, scoring the, the vital goal uh, during the first half, giving them the 1-0 win. But uh, yeah, well, I think, yeah, well deserved. I think Kainshin uh, been uh, been a bit Hard done by recently scoring a fair few, but as I say, conceding, uh, looking back over the sort of last five games, they conceded three, five, three, uh, three, and then four. So uh, to, to to pitch a shutout against Exmouth, uh, yeah, really good, really good effort and uh, yeah, deserved 1-0 win. Now, our next game had more goals in it than any other game in uh, the Premier Division on Saturday. Roman Glass taking on Chipping Sudbury. Chipping Sudbury... Bottom of the table in the Premier Division, not having a very good season at all. Uh, but Roman Glass, well, they've been on fire in recent matches, and that continued on Saturday, Tom. Mm, absolutely. I, huh, they are. They might be the team to watch at the moment, Roman Glass. Absolutely banging in the goals. Uh, and a 6-1 win over Chipping Sobbury, uh, helping them continue to, to rise up the table. I think they're up to 15th now. Uh, and it was, yeah, a pretty, pretty amazing start for them. Uh, Sam Wentland heading them ahead. Uh, inside 90 seconds uh, with Ryan Radford and then George Box uh, each scoring to make it 3-0 inside 10 minutes. So, uh, yeah, uh, pretty much putting the, the game beyond doubt almost. Uh, Troy Simpson then adding adding two more goals uh, during the first half to, to give them a, a five-goal lead at the break. Uh, and then it was Box again, uh, added a late sixth. Uh, that's now 17 goals uh, they've scored in their last three games over the over the space of seven days. So, uh, a big win for Roman Glass. Uh, Chipping Sudbury are bottom, but uh, that was Roman Glass not too long ago. So they can <laughs> maybe, if, if they well, if they did produce the performances that Roman Glass, who were previously bottom of the table, uh, if they can replicate those, Chipping Sudbury, then they'll they'll soon be out of trouble as well. But um, yeah, absolutely uh, amazing turnaround from Roman Glass. Well, Tom is absolutely right, of course, in his analysis. Um, Roman Glass have scored 17 goals in the last three matches. So when I caught up with Andy Gurney for this week's podcast interview, I started off by asking him, what's his goal-scoring secret? I don't really know. I think we've obviously got good front players now. We've, we've managed to improve that area uh, massively over the last month or two. Um, and at the minute, things are, things are going for us in, in, the, in that top end of the pitch. But um, certainly, we have we have lots of quality in that area now that it will always will always score goals if, if we create the chances. Now, the start of October looks like quite a pivotal time for you this season. You, you suffered at ho- a defeat at home to Westbury, but followed three days later by a win against Shepton Mallet. Yeah, yeah, it was an important win for us because we'd had a poor start. Um, Losing our, our first um, our first few league games, um, and, uh, and we, we we've done quite well in the cup competitions. So so we've had league games cancelled and then fell behind teams really. Um, so that was a big big game for us to get three points in that game um, to get points on the board, and we've managed to 
to follow up with a couple of wins since. So, um, yeah, that was a big result, in, you know, because the longer it goes trying to get that win, um, you know, sometimes it, it, it can become a habit of not getting it. So that was a big win for us on that day. Goals-wise, the, the win against Chipping Sudbury was also pretty emphatic. I mean, looking back on the match, do you think that the uh, the performance sort of was a 6-1 performance? I think certainly in the first half, you know, we... we um, we come out the blocks really well and, and got three quite early goals. And um, yeah, we're, we're by far the better side in the first half and deserved deserved to lead. I think it's five 0 at half time, which we really deserved. And then second half, to be honest, we, we didn't play very well. But I think sometimes that that can happen when you've you've got that cushion at half time, even though you don't want it to happen. You can come out and not be quite quite at it the same sometimes and. Uh, that said, we could have we could have easily got two or three more in that second half, and uh, yeah, again, it was a good performance certainly in the first half more so. Now you mentioned that the, the last month or so you've been pleased with the players that you've been able to bring in, and also that um, you've talked about the sort of the relatively slow, slow start to the league campaign. Is that a reflection of your pre-season? Were you slightly frustrated that you weren't able to bring in the players that you wanted before this season started? Yeah, it's, all, it's always. It's, Pre-season is always difficult, and I think certainly in our league, everyone's trying to go and get the same players, aren't they? Really, you know, and, and uh, with lots of teams at our level in the Bristol area, so it was a little bit frustrating. But that said, you know, we, we were still happy with what we had, and even in those first few league games, we could quite easily have, have won those. Um, even though the performances weren't particularly fantastic, we, we still had big chances in those games, and, and I think we lost them all by one goal. So they were tight games. It wasn't like we were we were getting hammered early on or anything like that, you know. So we we could quite easily have, have, have had more points on the board, if in truth. But um, we haven't. We got what we got, and we got to try and keep building now, game by game, and, and trying to. Uh, Close the gap that teams above us have sort of created with our poor start, but um, yeah, it was a little bit frustrating. But um, it is what it is, really, and, and we're on a decent run at the minute. I think we've won seven out of our last nine or something like that. I think so. Um, you know, got another difficult game Saturday at Cabri Heath, but one in which we'll be looking to go and get three points from. Has the start that you've had has that tempered at all your expectations for this season? I think now we just got to keep trying to chip away and um, to take it a game at a time, I say. And if we can get another three points on Saturday, um, that stand us in good stead. And I think the week after we go into the FA Vars again. So, um, and that's something that we want to try and continue to run in that that we've had. But with the league, I think we just got to keep chipping away and, and see where it takes us. And maybe the gap that is there now. You know, with the top four, um, with the start we have, maybe it might be a bit too big, but certainly, uh, certainly we'd be looking to try and uh, get closer to those teams. And who knows if, if you can stay, stay sort of winning games and keep chipping away come January, you never know, you might be a little bit closer to those teams. So we've not given up hope on trying to aim for that top four or five, but. Um, like you say, with the start we've had, maybe it might be a tall order, but it's certainly something we'll be trying to do. You, you certainly don't sound like a manager that would be um, 
concerned in any way by taking on those those top four or five in in the league. I, I get the impression, particularly considering how many goals you have been scoring recently, that actually you, you you'd be you'd quite welcome the prospect of taking on anyone at the moment. I think so. I think um, like I say, certainly with our attacking wise, we'd be a match for anybody. I think, um, and you know, there's no easy games, is there? Certainly. Um, when we come up against those top teams to be the, the test for us really um, we've already played Bridgewater and we were very unlucky that day to come away losing 2-0 it was, it was, I think the goalkeeper got man of the match that day and that was that was one particular day where we didn't take the chances and come our way so no I, I don't think there's anything to be afraid of there's good teams obviously in the league and, and you know they, those, those teams are all up there now but um, like I say we just got to keep chipping away and um worry about our results not worry about I don't even look at league tables to be honest with you and I don't think I will till January time really and if we can we can try and close that gap great um, but certainly we don't fear anybody and that's not in a blase or arrogant way of any kind we just we know we got good players so um, and if we don't close that gap to be honest with you then then you know we it wouldn't be good enough because with the players we have now, with the squad we have now, we should we should be looking to close that gap and, and get closer to them. Now it's going to be a big seven days coming up for you, isn't it? Um, starting with um, Cabri Heath, then you've got Bridport, and then you've got that trip um, to Petersfield in the FA Vars. Yes, it's um, lots of games coming up. I think you know November. Going into November, there's lots of games as well. But um, I say we just take it one at a time, really. And the big one for us now is Saturday, and that's again trying to get three points at Cabinet Heat, which is again, like I say, won't be easy. It'll be difficult. And if we can get three points in that, obviously, then we're looking next Wednesday in the Les Phillips to try and progress in that. And, and, and like you say, then we then we go into that Vars game, which you know we again we want to try and go as far as we can in that. We just want to try and win every game, really, the same as everybody else, I guess. But um, certainly, like I say, the run we're on at the minute, we don't really particularly fear anybody. We think we think we're a match for for anybody. Um, and yeah, we just got to take it one game at a time and, um, and and see where it takes us, really. I mean, in an ideal world, would you have prepared a week? Would you have preferred a week to prepare for Petersfield, or are you not bothered that you've got um, the Bridport game in midweek? certainly prefer to be playing games don't they in, in training sometimes and um, you know we got, we've got a fairly sizable squad that they can cope with that um, you know if we need to, to change things around a little bit in any of the games um, but no it's I, I enjoy the games and I, you know it's certainly when certainly when you're on a decent run you, you want them games to come as quick as they can really Andy, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us this week. Congratulations on your incredible goal-scoring feats in recent matches. It will be fascinating to see whether you can, whether you can keep it up. Um, but more importantly, um, we'll certainly be keeping everything crossed for you in that, um, in that crucial FA Vars game um, with Petersfield. So all the best for the rest of the season. Another job, another saving. Brought to you by Toolstation.
Is this all the receipts? Yes, boss. For everything we got from Tool Station? Yeah, why? I just thought we'd spend a lot more than this. Oh, no. We got all the best brands too. Makita, Santex, Karcher, Nest. Top job, top saving. With over 15,000 trade quality products at prices that are hard to beat, we're here to save you on every job. Hard to beat. At toolstation.com and all 340 branches. Moving into the first division. And we start off with one of my favourite fixtures. It is the Battle of the Bishops. Absolutely. And I, yeah, purposefully uh, gave the Battle of the Bishops a, a, a big mention in, in, in the bulletin this week. Hoping you spotted it. And it was, uh, yeah, pretty pretty exciting game. Five goals. Uh, and it was Bishops Lydiard who eventually came out uh, as, as victors away from home. 3-2. Uh, two goals uh, early on for them from Brian Brereton. And uh, then uh, Sam Mockridge putting them two goals Two goals ahead inside 15 minutes uh, before Bishop Sutton hit back twice at the end of the first half, uh, taking the game uh, level uh, at the break. Uh, but it was, yeah, Bishop Lydiard who managed to, to find a, a second steam, and it was Ben Hebditch volleying home uh, pretty late on uh, to, to complete the victory and, and hand Lydiard all three points in the first Battle of the Lydiards. Uh, not the Battle of the Lydiards, the Battle of the Bishops, of course, uh, this season. So, yeah, good 3-2 win for, for Bishop Lydiard. <clears throat> Our next game features Cheddar. Um, and um, I, I feel as if the weight of responsibility is upon me because, of course, we had Cheddar on. I think that they were second. I don't think that they were top when, um, when we spoke to their manager, Sean Potter. And, um, well, they've gone on a bit of a bad run of form ever since then. Of course, there was the game that I, I covered, uh, their game against Radstock. Um, and, um, unfortunately, their, their, their poor run of form continued, this time at home, to Longwell Green Sports. Did um, and yeah, they came close to, to to nicking something from this one. But Longwell Green, um, unlike Cheddar, are a team who who are in form. Um, Aidan Sanfelici uh, putting them ahead, uh, Longwell Green, uh, but then Cheddar managed to, to to get back on level terms, and it was uh, yeah the the strike duo who did much of the damage last year, uh, teaming up again. Uh, Adam Jones uh, providing the assist for Adam Wright uh, to level things. Uh, with about 15 minutes to go, so it looked like Cheddar might, you know, get a point and maybe push on and and gain more. But it was Longwell Green who managed to to find a uh, find that third and uh, final goal, and it was a, a penalty from uh, Danny Carter, who's uh, yeah, I think that's taken his tally to 10 for the season. He's had a terrific start for Longwell Green, and uh, they claim the 2-1 win over Cheddar. Now um, the next match is the game that I pointed out um, on last week's podcast. It was Sherborne against Radstock. Both sides sort of handily placed in the chasing pack towards the top of the first division, but the winner would um, uh, would go above the other on the grounds that they both had the same number of points. Pretty much my recollection of um, of last week's podcast. Well, anyway, well it was certainly a close run thing, but it was the Miners who continued their impressive recent run of form. Yeah, it was uh, a three-two win uh, away at Sherborne. But this was a, yeah, a bit of a topsy-turvy game. This one, uh, Radstock, uh, the visitors obviously uh, twice going ahead during the first half. Uh, Jack Biddiscombe and uh, James Rustle. Uh, but uh, yeah, Sherborne managed to to hit back on both occasions. Dan Newens and then Anthony Heron uh, scoring equalisers, uh, making it two-all. A lot of games went to, to seem to go to two-all on on the weekend. Uh, but it was Radstock in this one who who claimed the uh, yeah that that elusive. Uh, fifth goal, uh, and it came midway through the second half. Uh, youngster May- Mason Harrison uh, producing the finish after a, a good team, good bit of build-up from from much of the team, and uh, yeah, five wins from six in all competitions now for Radstock. So a three-two win away at Sherborne for them. Well, 
the red half of the Soma Valley was smiling, but were the green half. The Green Army Welton Rovers, they were at home to league leaders, Carn Town. A very healthy crowd of 82 saw this at West Clues. But, um, well, I think this one, we can say, went more to, uh, more to plan with the form book. It did, uh, but they definitely did it the hard way, uh, Carl. Uh, having to come from behind, uh, Dylan Hatt uh, putting uh, well on the head in the 14th minute, so they made a good start, the Green Army. Uh, but Carl uh, did equalise. Jake Allen... Uh, a penalty following a foul on uh, Dan Sibley. That was 20 minutes from time, so Wilton had nearly hung on for for a pretty uh, yeah pretty brilliant win. Uh, but Carl managed to to get back on level terms. Uh, but then uh, the away side were actually reduced to 10 men. Oscar Webster uh, shown his second yellow card, so uh, potentially giving Wilton a bit of impetus uh, during the final few minutes. But uh, unfortunately, a bit of a sucker punch. Carl uh, uh, breaking on the counter attack and uh, Stuart Windsor, obviously uh, yeah. Uh, banging them in this season, uh, he managed to to get his head on the ball, um, and get it into the back of the net, and it was a, a yeah a decisive goal, uh, a two-one win for Carl and away uh, Welton Rovers. Yes, that cements their place at the top mm. of the first division, which um, we'll be looking at a little bit later on in the podcast. Our final game to review in the first division is Wincanton Town. They were at home to Bristol Telephones, and on this occasion, Tom, we can safely say that Wincanton were very much at the races. Mm-hmm, they were. Once the game uh, finally came to life, they were anyway. They had gone behind in this one at home to Bristol Telephones, uh, which would have been a bit of a bit of a shock for the shock for the system. But yeah, they managed to to, to come back. Uh, Toby Cole, uh, he's yeah had a good couple of seasons for them. He managed to to get them back on on level terms uh, before Dan Wise then fired home a, a free kick uh, two minutes later uh, to put them ahead at the break. So uh, yeah, uh, turned it round well. Uh, and then during the second half, they managed to, to push on. Uh, Lewis Irwin uh, extending their lead before Wise uh, hit another another sweet uh, set piece uh, to make it 4-1, and that was how it stayed. So another win uh, for Wing Canton, and they're yeah, up in second spot. And that's a great opportunity for me to get hold of their manager. Again, we've had him on the podcast over the last couple of years, um, Chris Wise. And, uh, well, I started by asking Chris whether a 4-1 win at home to telephones was the perfect way to bounce back after last week's disappointing defeat to Longwell Green. Yeah, yeah it was really important. We did bounce back. Um, we've, um, we've lost twice in the league this year. They've, they've both been quite uh, heavy defeats. Um, but thankfully, we have bounced back with a win in the game after. So, yeah, it was really important we did that. Were you pleased with the performance as well as, as the scoreline? Um, second half, uh, first half, we weren't overly pleased, a uh, little bit lacklustre, um, and we certainly we went we actually went one 0 down, and we were certainly disappointed with the, the goal we conceded. But it, it's always good when your team shows character to bounce back and um, come back from being down. Uh, we, we went in at half time two one up, and then controlled the second half completely, um, and it, it could. And, probably should have been more second half so yeah I was certainly pleased with the second half showing um, but yeah the first half left a little bit to be desired but yeah over, overall the whole game you've got to be happy with a win like that absolutely. There is a certain degree of inconsistency about your recent performances obviously we've talked about the defeat to Longwell Green and then the victory at the weekend but you recently beat Wells who of course have been going incredibly well um, then you lose to Lebec. So what is it about this league, do you think, that makes it so difficult for teams to string a series of results together? It, it, it is genuinely a tough league. I've heard kind of managers compare it to the, the championship and that any team can beat any, any other team. Um, you've got to be at your best 
every single game. I know it's a cliche, but literally any anybody can beat anybody on their day, um, and you have to be at your best to get a result. Not always the best footballing team wins on the day. Sometimes you can grind out results um, that you probably don't deserve from a, a football perspective. But that's, I guess, that's what that's what makes the league so good and so exciting. Um, it's hard to predict on a week by week basis the results. There are always the odd team that you you can normally put your hat on a little bit. But even that recently, likes of kind of Cheddar losing um, to Hengrove, for example, it just shows anybody can beat anybody. Now, in fairness, um, it's not all doom and gloom. We should say. I mean, you're second in the uh, in the league at the moment, so you've obviously had a good start to the season. Uh, but before the season, were you targeting a sort of a top four four place? No, I mean, we've got our own kind of internal targets. We're, we're certainly not getting carried away with our start at all. Um, it's so so early days. It's only, I think we've played 25% of the season, so um, only a quarter of the way through. Um, it, I was only standing to somebody at the weekend. If you look at this stage last season, the top two teams were Welton and Chard. Um, I think one finished seventh, the other finished ninth. So there's a um, there's a long, long way to go. A lot of football still to be played. Um, and yeah, kind of at, at this stage, it doesn't really show anything yet. We're still kind of getting over the period of the summer where you've got unavailability, etc. Um, we we've suffered. I know we, we've suffered from injuries um, and as suspension as well. And I know other teams are exactly the same. I could probably count on one hand so far this season where I've been able to put out the exact team I want to put out so and and I know we're not the only team as well so I know most teams have suffered from that as well so far so I don't think the results have quite kind of settled down yet and you'd probably see over the next coming weeks really get a bit more of an idea of where the league table is going to look. Now, of course, you and I have spoken a few times over the last few seasons, so obviously you've been in post a while and you've had a chance to, to shape your squad. Um, in terms of the pre-season you had this season, how much have you, um, how much have you added um, to, uh, to last season's side? We said last season that we didn't, want, um, we didn't want huge additions in the summer. The year before, it was a completely new squad, practically, that went into the season. This year, it was just about adding in key areas. We brought in a, a new goalkeeper, um, Sam Stroud. He's been great for us. Um, a new centre-back, um, Harry Turner, uh, in from Sherbourne, and he's been terrific. Um, and Louis Irwin as a, a midfielder. His brother Jamie's already was already at the club. Uh, Louis was at um, university for a, a couple of years, so we brought him in in the summer as well. And they were kind of the, the main players we brought in over the summer. We've added to it with a couple more um, local lads. Since the season has started, in um, Dan Ness from from Mir and Jamie Thompson, who was just playing local local football in the Oval League, um, and that's it in terms of additions. That, like I said, the really important thing for us and what we were really really keen on um, was to ensure that we kept all our players, which which we did, and we're really happy about. Now you've got Warminster away at the weekend, and uh, although that's not going to be perhaps as tough as I thought it might have been at the start of this season, that's still going to that's still going to give you a test, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I disagree with that. Actually, I think it's going to be very very tough. Um, it, it always is. Um, they gave us a real thumping down there last year. Um, of memory, I think it was five one. Um, and it's always always a tough game. They've got some really really good players, some really physical and aggressive players as well who um, who can grind out results 
and yeah, it's, it's always a difficult place to go. So we're under no illusions whatsoever that that is definitely going to be a tricky game and one that we're going to have to be at our very best to get a result. Well, Warminster's um, a difficult place, but it's also a very hospitable place. So are you hopeful that you'll get a few um, members of your travelling support coming with you to cheer you on um, at the weekend? Yeah, absolutely. We definitely will. We've got kind of a um, a, a core. It's a small group, but it's a, it's a core group that, that come with us um, away. Um, Warminster, to be fair, always have some of the best crowds in the league. I mean, we, we'd love to get those kind of numbers and they're the they're the kind of the examples really of that in our division certainly relatively local around us um the example to follow in terms of attendances so if we could get anywhere near that what they get on home games would be delighted and we know that our support going there will certainly get a warm welcome and it's always a decent place to go and my thanks to chris for his time now we will move on to the up and coming fixtures we're not going to dwell too much on uh, on what's going on midweek. I mean, there are plenty of matches going on, um, particularly in the Premier Division, has to be said. Not quite so much in the First Division. I think a notable mention to Well City against Cheddar on um, on Tuesday. Um, obviously, those two sides quite geographically very close to each other, so I'm sure there'll be... Um, 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 a good crowd at that, as there will, I'm sure, again uh, with Buckland against Parkway. Um, not quite so many. Uh, not quite so many um, derby matches on Wednesday the 23rd, but there are four games in both divisions. So we'll really, um, for our sort of our pick of the, uh, the our pick of the pops, we'll start on Tuesday, uh, Saturday the 26th of October. Tom, what game have you gone for? I've gone for Cadbury Heath against Roman Glass. So I don't want to make this a, a too. Uh, Roman Glass centric podcast this week, but uh, yeah, they were the team that obviously have uh, have stuck out uh, over the last uh, yeah seven seven or eight days or or whatever. So uh, yeah, can they be stopped? Cabrahif obviously not doing uh, exceedingly well at the moment, like their opponents. Uh, but 17 goals in in the space of seven days, they're certainly doing something right. So uh, yeah, what can uh, Cabrahif uh, try and do to to combat that on Saturday afternoon? It'd be interesting to to find out. Well, if we know anything about the form guide in the in the Western League, in both divisions, it would be fair to say it's that um, we are used to now seeing shocks every week. And there's a few games that if you were building your um, your acker, um, mm. which, of course, please bet responsibly, listeners, um, then the likes of Parkway, Tavistock at home, um, even though they've got difficult opposition, um, you know, you'd think that they were sort of they were going to be strong favourites. Bridgewater Town are one of those sides that I think would be um, would be strong um, favourites, but they come up against a Buckland side that I think may well be showing signs of rejuvenation. So, have Bridgewater got Buckland at the wrong time, uh, and are Buckland capable of springing a shock? That's the question that we hope to be answering this time next week on the on the podcast. Um, moving down to the first division, then Tom, which uh, which what tickles your fancy down there? I've gone for Lebec versus Caution. Uh, both in pretty decent form. I think something like uh, three wins from their last five. Both of them in, in sort of league league games. Uh, both hovering around the the middle uh, the middle of the table, which is obviously very congested at this moment in time. Uh, but yeah, I think that'll be a, an interesting game to see how both of those teams get on on Saturday afternoon. And I'm going to go for Cheddar against Welton Rovers. Cheddar impressed me when I saw them playing at Radstock. They're a football club that clearly like to play their football the right way. And I know that's exactly the way that Gerard Greenhall wants to play uh, football at his Welton side. Of course, Gerard is a man 
who uh, has got a foot in, well, I wouldn't go as far as to say both camps, but of course he was previously at Cheddar. Um, so I'm sure this will be a really, uh, a really closely fought affair from two sides that aren't geographically very far apart, but also that like to play football the right way. So I think that that's definitely a highly entertaining game um, to take in if you, uh, if you are thinking about where to go this weekend. Now, one final piece of business we must conclude on this week's podcast is a quick look at the league tables. I'm not too sure whether we can read too much into what we're seeing at this stage because it is so early on. But it certainly is fascinating to see perhaps those teams that are moving. It's got the feel of, of perhaps not the first day of a major golf tournament, but maybe mm-hmm. the second day. Which teams are looking to make the cut as we <laughs> head towards Christmas, Tom? Well, let's find out. So, uh, yeah, we've got Plymouth Parkway leading the way at the top. Uh, they've played 10. Uh, they've got 25 points with a, yeah, a, a very healthy goal difference uh, of 35, which keeps them ahead of Bradford, who have a, an identical record of uh, played 10, uh, won eight, drawn one, lost one. And they're also obviously on 25 points with a goal difference of 16. So <clears throat> that's the only thing keeping partway ahead of Bradford at the moment. But those two uh, locked at the top on 25 points. Uh, you've then got Bridgewater, who've also played 10, and they're on 20 points, so five points back from the top two. Uh, and then you've got a couple of sides with games in hand. So you've got Exmouth in fourth. Uh, they've played eight. Uh, they've only lost twice, and they've got 18 points. So, uh, yeah, a couple of wins would, would get them up there, uh, would, would, joined with the top two. And then you've got Bitten as well, who've played nine, uh, obviously on the back of a, a pretty uh, yeah pretty brilliant result on the weekend. Uh, they're also on 18 points. And then Brislington, who've played a couple more than everyone else, they've played 13 league matches. They're also on 18, but that's uh, that's the top six at the moment. And the strongest side in the Premier Division holding the rest of them up, it's Chipping Sobbury Town. Of course, Chipping Sobbury, very difficult start to this season and it clearly is affecting their form, um, uh, we can see at the moment. Bridport, they've changed their manager. Um, they're in um, 20th position. They'll be hoping that their results can, can turn themselves around and they're not down. Um, uh, they're in 19th. They've got 10 points, along with Wellington and Bridport. So all of those on 10 points, just above them, Tavistock and Canesham. Now, Tavistock's got to be a false position um, because obviously they've done very well uh, earlier this season. So we're expecting their results to pick up. But it just goes, it's a salutary lesson, the position of Tavistock. They've only played seven matches, got 11 points. Um, but uh, of course, there's no guarantee. Um, you've got to you've got to win your games in hand. So actually, if Tavistock don't do that, then uh, then uh, all the plaudits in the world won't be um, won't be doing them any good. Uh, uh, so there we go. Anyway, uh, who's um, who's making the running in the first division, Tom? In the first division, we have uh, Calm at the top, as we mentioned. So uh, vital vital late winner for them on the weekend. Uh, they've uh, played 11 and they've won seven of those. So they're on 23 points, top of the table. Uh, quite a lot of symmetry with the the games played at the top of the first, which is good. So obviously it gives you a good good comparison, and it is extremely tight. Uh, you've got Wincanton in second spot. Uh, so all of these sides I'm going to mention now have played ten matches. Uh, they've all won six games as well. So um, yeah, very very tight. Uh, Wincanton uh, currently on 20 points, so they're in second spot. You've then got Wells, Longwell Green, and Ashton back. We're all on 19 points. Uh, so we'll have plenty to play. Well, yeah, another a win for them. Uh, and they'd be yeah, right up there for any of those sides. And then you've got Radstock, who've also played 10. Uh, they're on 18 points. So uh, that's the top six. And uh, there's, a, <laughs> there's a number of sides just below that. Uh, I mean, even looking into the bottom half, there's a team on, on 15 points, who are, yeah, uh, which, uh, which is Sherborne. Uh, they've got a game in hand on, on all those mentioned. Uh, a win for them would put them, you know, joint sixth. So uh, there's still plenty. Well, too much to play for. It's, yeah, too tight to call. Uh, but lots of teams doing pretty well, I would say, at the moment. 
it's crazy, crazy division um, to look at or to try and make sense of. And you can see so many. If a side can put a run of results together, how they can really propel themselves from the bottom to the top. At the bottom are Bristol Telephones. Um, they've got four points. They've played ten games. They've only got one victory. Then it's Bishop Sutton. And they've got um, seven from their ten games. And then it's Hengrove. Now, of course, Hengrove, we can we can see, are starting to turn their season around. Um, they're on nine points from their ten games. Warminster just above them. Um, crazy, um, really, when uh, when I think about how well I thought they were going to do this season. But they have. They've lost six times. And it just goes to show that there are no easy games. There is no form book in this first division. Actually, sometimes you've just got to find a way. Uh, to win. Welton Rovers just above them. Uh, two, one of two sides um, played 10 and uh, I've got 10 uh, along with my own Devizes Town of course as well. So what can we tell from that listen as well? Only time will tell but uh, mm-hmm. Tom thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. We Pleasure. have of course been reviewing your excellent bulletin. Where can the listeners find that? That is on the uh, yeah, tool station uh, Western League website. Uh, there's a tab, well, tab along the top which takes you to the most uh, recent publication. And, uh, yeah, you can download it as PDF and, and Word format. It's also on the homepage. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, up every uh, Sunday afternoon or Sunday lunchtime or so, which, uh, yeah, rounds up every, every, everything that's happened uh, over the week. Excellent stuff. Uh, Tom, thank you very much indeed um, for your time. And okay. I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League Podcast.